What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanmanBaseballFan.com. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that have been going on, uh, uh, conversations that have been going on online uh, when it comes to uh, the print runs of 2022 tops. And uh, pretty interesting, apparently. And so my numbers are probably a little off, but this is what I recall. I think what they said, what people have been saying, is that the print run of the base cards of 2022 tops is seven times as great as uh, 2019 tops. Now that's pretty amazing, guys. Like I remember hearing in the mid 80s, Donruss was like doubling the production every year for a number of years. Uh, and so uh, this, <laughs> this is something nowadays that people are talking about. Uh, they're not happy about it at all. They're really, really, really upset. And there's a growing number of people are saying, oh, we're in the junk wax era again and everything. This is junk wax era 2.0. Uh, I've uh, described this uh, multiple times now. So I'm gonna uh, say it again. And, uh, and talk about it a little more in depth as well. Uh, it's not the Junk Wax Era 2.0. There, <laughs> there are people that will say it is. It's not. Um, and I'll give you a number of reasons why. Let me tell you, uh, let me talk numbers again. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, I think I heard something like 700,000 of each card uh, will be printed for 2022 tops when all said and done. Uh, and it might even be more than that, possibly. I don't know. Uh, so when it comes to, and by the way, don't get me wrong, that is a lot of cards, guys. Like, it is a lot of cards. Uh, and it might even be, who knows, maybe a million or something when everything's said and done. I just don't have the numbers. I'm not sure. Um, now, I've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of varying numbers for the time period between 89 or I'm sorry 87 and 92 uh, but I heard that there could have been uh, as many as 5 million per each card created during the junk box era for some of these sets uh, granted uh, that is multiple times of what 2022 tops uh, you know was probably going to have uh, have printed for each card um, okay sure it definitely doesn't dwarf it, like say compared to uh, you know 2019 tops. So let's say if production is seven times as great, that means there were only 100,000 you know of each base card back in 2019. And keep in mind, by the way, I don't have hard numbers. Okay, I just don't. I am going off of what I've read. They could be <laughs> right. They could be wrong. They could be fairly accurate. They could be possibly not accurate at all. Uh, but what we're going to look at is we're going to look at uh, a couple, this from a couple of different angles. Uh, number one, first of all, uh, I, I would like to add a little positive spin on this. I think that this could actually ultimately be a good indication of, uh, of where our hobby is going. And there are people that have a lot of money involved in this hobby going forward and fanatics. Uh, they, they believe strongly that this hobby is going to be a much bigger powerhouse uh, than it is now. That's, that's my understanding anyways. And, you know, I tend to agree with them. I think that there's a, a lot more room for growth. Maybe that's hope speaking. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, I know there's a lot of people that know a lot more than I do 
about this that have a lot of money wrapped up into this uh, for the future. So seeing that Tops has a need to print this much, because remember, they won't print this much unless they uh, unless there's demand for it, because that doesn't make sense any other way. Any other way. Uh, so, you know, that's just, that's kind of a good thing. It's a good thing to see that their hobby's growing. I like seeing that there's more people coming in because I like being able to share this kind of joy with other people. I think it's just so much fun. It's a great, great, great hobby. And I want as many people to be in it as possible. Uh, except for the scam artists and the jerks and everything. They can take hike for sure. But, uh, <laughs> but anyways, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think that part's a good thing. Now, there are some people that are groaning about this. Go, oh, no, they're going to print everything into oblivion and it's junk wax era 2.0 so think of it this way guys um there is one massive massive difference between now and the junk wax era and that is the parallels and inserts that are included so you think of it this way where if you were to buy a pack of 1990 donruss Let's say you were 10 year old Tanner. You go to the baseball card shop, you get five packs of 90 Donners. You're excited because you pull a, uh, you know, Don Mattingly uh, base card. You pull a Curry Puck MVP card and a, a McGuire All-Star card. And, you know, so you're doing pretty good. You know, you got five packs and you got some really good players in there. Were they worth anything? Yeah, not really. There, was no, there were no parallels. All you saw in packs of 90 Donners were those glorious, glorious, bright red borders, right? That was it with little black speckles all over them and everything, right? And uh, you don't see, there's no way to be able to see a parallel where it was like uh, reversed, where you have black with red speckles. And by the way, uh, check out my website, teamandbaseballfan.com. Do a search on the blog for something like factory explosion or something. You can see uh, some of my fun customs that have to do with 90 Donners. And also uh, uh, look up the article from several years ago where I met Frank Thomas. And I Because uh, there's some great looking, I think great looking uh, 90 Donners parallel customs I did back then. But uh, anyways, and what I would do if I were you know a, a Donners designer back then. Um, but anyway, so... Back to these 90 Donners packs. So you're opening them up. There are, guess how many game used cards there were? None. Guess how many autograph cards there were? Zero. Zilch. That's it. Uh, there were no elite cards because they didn't come out for the, you know, to the next year. Um, no uh, holofractor, uh, no one of ones, no nothing. All you got were regular base cards. One through 15, and of course you have the uh you know the the wonderful beautiful puzzle in each pack the great cards that you get in 90 donors that some people would be excited about were uh the error like some of the errors that you would have like a wrong back for the nolan ryan you'd have uh you know the mvp of uh john smoltz i think it was where it showed oh or maybe Tom Glavin where it showed Steve Avery or vice versa, something like that. So there's some errors that you could be excited about. Uh, and then, of course, the almighty rated rookie, uh, you know, because they had uh, some good rookies that year and, and everything too, of course. And so there were some 
some cards to be excited about. Now, that said, let's pull out a box of 2022 tops. What are you going to get? I should have done an example with 90 tops or something. You know, to, that way we can keep them the same brand. But anyways, nevertheless, it, it was the same deal, right? <laughs> same deal for 90 tops as it was $90. You have like some of the heirs, some of the rookies, so on and so forth. But uh, anyway, 2022 tops. You open up a pack. Do you get 15 cards of their white borders? No. You get a, you get all kinds of different types of inserts and parallels and uh, I don't even know what the odds are in these, but like you open a box, you could probably get uh, guaranteed, uh, guaranteed autograph or something. There's probably some short prints, and they keep it all interesting. There's uh, photo variations, uh, short prints, super short prints, uh, different parallels with different colors. There's various different inserts. So like this is wildly different from the junk wax era. Now, let's do this. Let's take out all of the golds, the pinks, the blacks, the camos, the refractor style cars, the short prints, the super short prints, the photo variations, all of those. Let's take all of those out where it's just base. Now you have something that you could rightfully compare the Junk Wax Era to. So now, voila, we are in Junk Wax Era 2.0. If you take out all of the parallels, inserts, autographs, game use, short prints, super short prints, and, uh, and photo variations, so on and so forth. There you go, guys. There you have the Junk Wax Era 2.0. Um, and by the way, a mini one at that, because as I said before, the print runs were much higher anyways uh, back then. So uh, it's a night and day difference, guys. Like, there's a reason why they call it the junk wax era because you couldn't really get anything out of them uh it wasn't just because of the print run print runs were were super high for sure like very very high but like you just couldn't get anything out of them and when you could it was very few and far between so for instance uh you could have 91 donners elite uh they were serial numbered out of 10,000 uh, each which by the way uh i don't think they would even consider uh, serial numbering something at 10,000 nowadays uh, because that would be laughable, right? Well, they were so rare back then, I think it would take you something like eight, nine, or 10 cases to actually pull an elite card out of 91 donors, which is nuts, right? Like you'd never think that. Like nowadays, if, you're, if you pull a card that's out of 50 or something like that, you probably wouldn't blink. Uh, you probably wouldn't look twice at it. You just go, okay, well, it's kind of cool, and go forward. Uh, unless it's a big player, of course. But, uh, I mean, but you think of that. The difference between an out of 50 and an out of 10,000. Because if you get a box of 2022 tops, my guess is you're probably going to get a card that's numbered out of 50 or less at some point down the road. So, uh, now, to make things a little bit more difficult, when it came to elites... I believe this is for night one. Maybe it's night two. Maybe it's both. But I've heard many, many, many reports of people uh, taking metal detectors and actually finding uh, these elite cards that way. So what that means is if you have, if you go to Costco back in 1991 or night two, and there's, say, 30 cases of 91 Donners just sitting there, right? Well, 
that means that three of the cases might have an elite. Well, all it takes is somebody with a metal detector to take those cases and go, okay, I found the three. There's 27 cases left and there are no possibilities for elite. Uh, so, you know, that's another, <laughs> that's another thing as well, which makes it even more difficult. Uh, so what happens ultimately, guys, is for the junk wax era, that ultimately results in a boatload of boxes that were produced, packed out, shipped out and everything, and never opened because there's really no reason to. Like, who, okay, aside from nostalgic purposes, who here that's listening would just love to dive into a box of 90 dollars because they're excited about finding a specific card because it's uh it's very high value nobody okay we will be excited to open a 90 dollars box because uh for nostalgic purposes um, we'll be excited and get the get that heartwarming feeling if we uh you know, pull a, a, a Todd Zeal Raider rookie, for instance, or, uh, you know, maybe Greg Vaughn or, uh, you know, get one of those heirs of Nolan Ryan or, or you know, Tom Glavin or whatever it is, John Smoltz, whoever, uh, whoever the heir was. Uh, you know, we'll be excited about that, but not not like getting a Wander Franco or, uh, or anything like that nowadays uh, for monetary purposes. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so, because of that, there's no real reason to dive into these boxes nowadays, right? So, guess what? You have boxes and boxes and cases and cases of junk wax era cards that are sitting in storage units all over America now. Um, they're not difficult finds. Like, it's not like a, a it's not going to make news when somebody says, oh, you know, so-and-so found 100 cases of, you know, 87 to 92 tops, Donner's Fleur Score, Donner's Upper Deck uh, in, a, uh, in a storage unit or whatever. Um, I actually have a friend that literally just bought something like 100 cases or something crazy like that the other day. Uh, it, you know, it's not really a, it's not a massive, massive deal because there's so much of it out there. Um, and by the way, the prices are doing are going up for those cards also even though there's not really a whole lot of uh, gems that can be found in that time period uh so now let's let's kind of retrofit this supposed junk wax era 2.0 uh into cards back then let's say if there were refractors short prints super short prints uh photo variations game use autograph cards guess what there's going to be a whole lot more a uh, whole lot less of uh, unopened material from that time period back there, right? Because people will be hunting for those cards. Now, in 89 Tops, there's not a whole lot to hunt for. Now, the one thing is, I will say this, there is one thing that people will hunt for, and that's uh, for the perfect condition card. So that way they can get a PSA 10 of something. They get a PSA 10, that's a whole long drawn out deal, right? You have to you have to, you know, kind of really kind of look over each card and make sure that it's perfect. And if it's worthy in your eyes, then you uh, carefully put in a sleeve and then fill out the PSA uh, paperwork and send it and wait for however long it takes. I don't know if it's a week or a year nowadays. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it costs a good amount of money to do it as well. Um, 
and uh, and you know there's no super instant gratification there like uh, like hitting something like a one of one out of a out of a box nowadays or something. So, anyways, uh, so it's, it's interesting. There's a there's a very very big difference. Um, so when we look at cards, uh, 30 years from now, we're probably not going to be seeing. Uh, you know, storehouses full, storage units full of 2022 tops uh, cases just sitting there. I can almost guarantee you that the vast majority of this material is going to be open, um, and uh, you know for good reason because there's all kinds of cards uh, to chase in there, and the inserts, the parallels, yada yada yada, all that is what makes the the difference. And uh, what is I would say the number one reason. We are absolutely, positively not in the Junk Wax 2.0 era. And in fact, I would say, almost go as far as say, barring any you know crazy, crazy, strange differences that Fanax uh, brings into the mix here, I will say that there will be no such thing as the Junk Wax era 2.0 um, because it can't. They're not going to go back to having nothing but base. Um, if if you take a box of 1989 score and you sit it next to a box of 2022 tops and let's say by the way guys that there's nothing in 2022 tops let's say the the rookie crop is just wretched okay so 20 years from now so 20 years from now we'll have two boxes that sit there the 89 score has one thing going for it and that is the uh, nostalgic uh, value for the 80s babies right uh, and then, but that's it. You know, are, are you going to be excited to open it to get an 89 score? Gary Sheffield, John Smoltz. I mean, no, probably not. Craig Biggio. No, nah, I don't think so because there are quite literally thousands of them available at any point. You're never going to have to search for, for one of those, uh, star cards or rookies from 89 score. Yeah. 2022 tops, uh, a box of 2022 tops is never going to be uh, deemed worthless because there's always a chance of hitting something big like you could get a one of one of somebody that's huge you could do uh, different parallels all kinds of different possibilities um, so it's not ever going to be worthless like this 89 score was for a little bit but like i said the value is going up on these boxes uh, which is great, you know, great to hear. Um, it'd be even greater if I had some, you know, if I had some other boxes. And I'm actually thinking about diving back in uh, to get some unopened wax from the 80s. Um, but I, I, you know, part of me wishes I didn't sell uh, what I had before. But <laughs> that's, I think that was kind of a big learning curve for all of us because of COVID and everything, right? But in um, any event, uh, yeah, so we are definitely not in uh, Junk Wax Area 2.0. And so for those of you who are uh, worried, about this don't be you know don't be worried about it it's a it's probably a good signal because it means there's a lot more people in the hobby so when people are saying the sky is falling the sky is falling and if you have a problem with the 700,000 Albert Pujols space cards um, then don't collect Albert Pujols space cards you know on the other hand be excited because it'll be super easy to get a team set of the Dodgers for your kid or something or even for your own collection um, and that's kind of fun. Like part of it is fun for me here because we almost have like the good part of the junk wax era, uh, along with, uh, everything else. 
So it's like the best of both worlds. And I remember having, I think, you know, a lot of you out there listening to this probably have this as a kid as well, a binder of your team, your favorite team. Like I remember uh, being happy about like uh, having my binder of A's cards where it's like probably three, four inches thick and just really, really just proud of it. And I was on a mission, you know, like you have the, remember getting the 90 score uh, cards and trying to, you know, fill the team set there, the 88 tops and just, uh, it was so fun. It's so fun to be able to look for those cards. And, and, you know, certainly we didn't have the internet back then. So we'd have to do the hard way, which is, you know, trading with our friends. And so if, if you didn't have the card and they didn't have the card, you're really kind of at the mercy of uh, wherever the packs would bring, wherever you, uh, you know, bought some with your allowance at the end of the week. So uh, really kind of uh, fun memories. And so I hope that uh, these base cards will filter in to the younger generation and that they'll be able to enjoy these cards as well and really kind of enjoy the hobby for uh, what it is then instead of just like the money uh, portion of it to be excited about getting a superstar card of Mike Trout, for instance, and it being affordable for the kids, you know, to be able to get, which is really cool. It's a really cool thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm reminded of a, uh, uh, a kid that came over that was actually, uh, I think his name's Nathaniel. I know his name's Nathaniel. He he actually came over and was mowing our yard because he was actually, uh, uh, trying to earn money to help out at a special needs camp. And so the special needs camp, the way it works is the helpers uh, actually are the ones that are supposed to pay to be there as well and help out uh, to fund the whole thing. So, uh, which by the way, that's wildly impressive in and of He did that. Super proud of him for that too. Uh, but Nathaniel came down and he was, he was all done and he was sitting in the living room and uh, we were talking baseball cards like oh yeah I love baseball cards I've got uh some in my room and I think he was probably 15 or 16 at this point and I go uh, oh well hang on a second and uh I think he liked the Yankees so I, I went upstairs and I had a pile of Yankees uh cards I got from somebody else I go hey here I'll tell you what you have these and they weren't really worth more than you know five or ten dollars or something but he was like oh my gosh he was so excited about it guys like Oh man, it just takes me takes me back. It's like so neat to be able to see something like that. He's like, "Oh, thank you so much. This is so incredible." And uh, you know, it's really kind of fun. Also, like the other uh, the other night, I don't know if uh, Reed and Jack, I'm going to talk to you all here. Also, I don't know if you all listen to the podcast, but uh, but Reed and somebody else uh, brought their kids, Jack and Jack's friend, over to. Uh, I don't remember the names of your of your friends. So I'm sorry, guys. Uh, to have a little baseball card class. So I was able to do a little baseball card history and uh, you know, tell them about that and everything. And it was great, it was a fun time. And uh, after that, uh, Reed had me uh, create a special card uh, of Jack uh, while he was playing baseball. I did a little genius baseball card of Jack himself uh, for Christmas. And so they sent me a little video of him opening it, which was just the greatest thing ever. It was super fun. And uh, so uh, I think it was probably about, if I remember correctly, three or four weeks ago, I actually got a call from Reed and Jack. And, uh, you know, Jack was super excited because he uh, did really well on his uh, 
in his grades. I think he was getting A's in class and everything and making good decisions. And, you know, really proud of him to, to be able to, to hear that and everything for sure. And it reminds me of me when I was younger. You know, I was, I was rewarded with cards. And so Reed uh, rewarded uh, Jack the same way. And so they called me up and told me all about the, the cards that they got from the card shop and everything. And, uh, you know, really fun. I think that, uh, I think that there's a lot of goodness in this hobby that can be brought to the younger generation. And so it's always fun and refreshing to see these things happen. So, uh, so guys, don't be worried. Don't be worried too terribly much about the huge production runs of 2022 tops. It's going to work out. You know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, just just keep enjoying collecting. Um, you know, if you don't like something, don't collect it. But uh, anyway, so that's all I have to say on that. I uh, thank you as always for listening. I hope you all. Have a-